Yeah, shame. The thing about releasing a brand new song is that everyone wants to speak to you then. And then if you happen to have a bug, life gets all interesting. So we're still very privileged to have Ratif Berger with us online. Hello, Ratif. Hello, Janine. It's so good to talk to you. So does that mean now you've got your flu shots in and you've got a woman that says shame, shame and all of that? Yeah, shame, no, 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 no. The woman, the wife is working very hard and looks looks after three kids, but I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, sick. But all is good. All is good. God is good in all of this. <laughs> you know, you're a guy. Now, guys are much sicker than girls are. So, you know, so that, that's why I was asking if someone is at least saying Man shame flu. because you, that's half. Half of the cure yeah. is someone saying, ah, oh, shame. Yes. Yes. Man flu. Man, Man flu. Greatest cure. <laughs> well, at least you're done with the work. You don't have to record or anything right now. We've got the best out of you already when you're releasing a brand new song. It's been a while. It has been a while, and I think that's part of the story. Um, so it's been a while since I've released a brand new song. Last year in April, I released a redo of one of my old songs. It was 20 years old. So I kind of went through a bit of a, let's call it a drought, a, a songwriting drought. I was co-writing uh, with our church music ministry, um, Beyond Music, so we've been doing that and here and there and what what but but uh, Afrikaans uh, original song out of my pen it was quite a while and I was like Jesus how do I do this again I had no idea where to start and I still have no idea how this one came out so it remains a mystery a lot of grace and uh, yeah, I'm excited about this one because someone was referring today even today, they were referring to when you've got a new CD, bring your new CD. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, people don't make CDs. <laughs> they have, thank goodness you didn't have to record a whole CD before you can bring stuff out like, like it was in the past. When you've got something mm -hmm. to say now, you can record a song. But uh, before yes. we get into the song and what it's all about and that kind of thing, you're on your way on a sabbatical. Now, right there, I'm already jealous, you know. Just, just mm -hmm, the thought mm -hmm. of someone going on a sabbatical. Do people even do that stuff these days? Well, I think uh, on the one hand, I'm so thankful that I'm able to do this. Uh, but I think we live in such a crazy world um, that we've lost the art of rest. Um, there was a great book by a guy called Mark Gomer entitled The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So, in principle, um, we've tried as a family to work hard to once a week really take the day off um, and to really have a good Sabbath rest. Now, we don't make it uh, weird or something, whatever, uh, but it's just a good day of stopping, delighting and resting in God. But this Sabbath rest is one that we as a church have implemented for multiple years since we started. Uh, so every seven years, all the senior pastors get a, um, a time of rest. Um, so last time I had my rest was when my eldest son was born, and now he's seven, so it's seven <laughs> years later. And um, yeah, we're going to have a bit of a trip up to Namibia. I was born there, so just to be in the nature, be with my family. And um, yeah, it's a good test for the church that I'm leading. Um I've handed it over in the season uh, to one of my elders leading. And uh, I say it's always good to see if a church can stand if the leader is away, to see if we've built around an individual or built around giftings or have we really built around Jesus. 
Um, and I'm fully confident um, that the team is going to do such an amazing work in my absence. So, yeah, but we're ready for a good rest. Here's the thing is I don't think we know how to rest. Even the once a week one is already daunting because – so what's the implication? If you say we're spending really quality time with Jesus as a family – does that mean you you don't get out of the house and you don't watch the TV, you know, no electricity? <laughs> what, does, oh, no. what does a rest mean as in that no. a, a Sabbath rest? No, so a weekly rest for us would always start with a little bit of a, of a, let's call it a ritual with the kids around the table. We bless them. We anoint them. We have a time of communion together. We read our scripture. We just, just light a candle for the day just to remind us that, okay, we have to stop now. Stop thinking the world revolves around us. Stop activities um, that we normally do in the week like shopping um, and, 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 and just, just being so busy, for instance. So we really try and prepare everything. Uh, we're not legalistic about it, but it's a time of stopping and then delighting in nature, in one another, in uh, just um, having fun. Yes, we do watch a, a program or two on TV as a family together where there'd be a nice movie. We we normally do it um, just because I work on a Sunday. We normally do it uh, Friday evenings till Saturday afternoons. So we have burger night at the burger <laughs> like every it. Friday evening. <laughs> and the kids love it. But yeah, it's just a time of reflection, then a time of worship. And um, oh, we love our sports. So either myself or Isabel or together we will go mountain biking or jogging or doing fun stuff with the kids. Oh, so it's just a highlight in our week. Um, just stopping, resting, uh, delighting and then worshipping, really. Yeah. Okay. And then three months. Now, this is a completely different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just thankful to be able to do that. Now, we're not going to be away for three months. <laughs> I don't have that budget. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, I think spiritually uh, it's a time to really switch off from the demands of ministry. That's, that's big. Um, and, and just to almost, let's say, detox in a way from finding my identity in my ministry or significance in what I do. Versus just finding my identity and significance in what God says about me. Now, it's easy to say that. You should probably ask me in three months because uh, in moments like these, you are stripped from a lot of things. Because we are so used to feeling good about ourselves when we do good things. But in God's equation, it has to do with identity. You know, Jesus going into the wilderness and God, um, just before going into the wilderness, God declaring that he's his son. It's sonship. And then in the wilderness, he was attacked by Satan, tempted. Uh, and the first question was, if you are the son. So he was, he was attacked on his, on his identity mm. because Jesus didn't do any ministry up until that point. So I think it's always been that attack is where do we find our identity. In a time of Sabbath, stepping away from all ministry work in my context is like, okay, who am I without my ministry? Who am I without the stage? Am I really still okay with that? Are we as a family okay with that? Are we just loved by the creator of the universe? And can we bathe in that? So I think spiritually that's a big one for me. I'm going to do some reading that I don't always have time for. Definitely at, at home I'm going to do some DIY. And then um, on our trip, very good, just good time with friends and with family. And uh, yeah, just enjoying nature. Because the thing is, 
this seems to be, it needs to be intentional. That does, this does not happen on its own. If you leave us to our own devices, Saturdays is when you catch up with the stuff you don't get done in a week. It's, it's just as crammed as any other thing. And then you, mm. you watch the late, late night movie. So you're tired the next morning when you go to church. It's, it's <laughs> like we stack it up against ourselves. We're allergic to quietness. Mm. No, well, I think the the biggest evil is in our hands, uh, the iPhone or the whatever phone you have, because they um, basically we have to disconnect to connect with God and with one another. I think that's our biggest challenge, uh, many times. So, um, this is forced or it's intentional. Let's say it's rather intentional. Now, now most people I know uh, take that uh, that good Sabbath rest on a Sunday, but then again, there just to really look into. Okay, it's a Sunday, I go to church, or we have church in whatever format that might be, um, and it's just good to step away and to know that the world doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> God's got this. It's a, I call it it's a downsizing day, a day of just knowing, no, okay, he's got this. He's got the whole world in his hands. Um, it forces us to, to trust. That is what it does for me. So... There obviously was a time that you hadn't done it and that you'd started putting this thing in place. Or or was this right from the beginning of your marriage even in place? This Because I, I, I'm trying to think someone who, who hasn't put this in place yet um, is listening to this and saying, okay, maybe we could try this out. Is there like a transition phase where it's hard to, to get that day done, um, to actually yeah. get the rest done? Was it a smooth ride getting into it or was it actually quite hard? No, it's still a battle. It's it, it's still a battle to, to really have that and do it well. But I would just uh, encourage people, if you would just start with eight hours or half a day, just start somewhere where you just pause, you put your phone away, put your laptop away. Um, again, stop, delight and worship. Those are the three things that's really helped me. And, and find ways to do that for you, for your family. Um, um, spoken to some of my friends who also do this regularly, uh, that they would take, but if it's a day, they would uh, divide it into into to, to, um, into increments of three. So um, or one one third will be uh, where you can have time just with yourself and the Lord. Another third, you let your wife or your spouse have that time, and then the other third would be as a family together. So I think uh, there's, there's so much great resources out there, podcasts that can really guide you in this. Um, that's that's basically what we did. We searched scripture. We we actually had a series on that at our church as well. And um, here's the thing. Um, we want to be in the game for the long run, and that's also in our church now with this long-term sabbatical that we do, um, is to to not burn out and to be in the run for the long, long haul. Because um, ministry is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. I, have to, I have to pace myself because ministry is all about dying, dying to myself, but it's got to be paced to dying. So I need to, to, and we as a couple, my wife, even though she's not full-time in vocational ministry, um, she's an occupational therapist, but she also works a lot alongside me in making disciples, preaching and teaching and so much weight as well. So it's good just to step away. And I really encourage maybe there's a pastor listening 
to to go to your board of elders and to go to your leaders and say, guys, uh, we need to implement this. If it can just be a month or two months or six weeks or whatever it might be, it is just so good. It's so refreshing. And I'm thankful for the last 15 years that we've been doing this in our context. We've seen the fruits of it. Um, we have so many pastors and people burn out and falling into sin. And I think sometimes it has to do with this, that we don't rest. We just think we're human doings and not human beings. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Human doings and not human beings. I just think, and if you put yourself in the shoes of any like um, a pastor or a duomini, you know, especially if they're there on the platelant. Uh, they don't feel they've got the right to rest. There's such expectation on them to always be giving, always be serving, that kind of thing, um, that that you don't yeah. actually feel you've got the right to do this. And if you go to your board, that they'll tell you, but we don't take sabbaticals. Why would you want to take a sabbatical? You, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can somehow hear the conversation. Yeah, I know. But I, I do believe it's a biblical principle that I encourage all people to actually do now. Now, not everybody can maybe take this long off, um, but there is a weight that comes from doing the work of ministry um, that is a bit different. Um, it is, is a weightiness um, that you don't sleep off, you don't vacation it off, because you are custodians and overseers of people's souls. Mm. There's so much emotional baggage that we need to carry many times as, as leaders. Now, I'm not saying other people don't have that, but it's a constant in our vocation. Um, um, people would say, well, I can't afford to rest. Then I would say, well, you can, can't afford not to rest. Because um, ultimately, yourself, your own body, your family, and then if you're leading a flock, the flock will will feel it eventually. So it's the best thing for them as well. <laughs> so if it's not possible for as long as as we do, um, then find other ways. But it's also determined on how do you build church, how do you lead church? Because many people really build around themselves. They do everything. They say yes to everything. They don't build a multiple-layer leadership culture where other people are empowered to lead. So in moments like this, it's easy for me to step away because I've been leading in that way for multiple uh, years now so that it's not just me that preaches on a Sunday. It's not just me that leads worship. By the way, I don't lead worship in our church. Uh, we we raise other leaders. So I think it there's, it's multifaceted and multilayered. <laughs> it's not that easy for many people. Um, but I would really encourage to at least think about it, start reading about it, and uh, yeah. To me, this is the reason why interviews like this is very important because it challenges the way we think and it and it challenges our normal, you know, and that if we can mm. get that thing challenged, maybe something can change and we can have less pastors or church leaders of any way, shape or form that, that burn out and that lose hope even for the job. Yeah. Um, if, we can, if we can change the direction, if we can change the way we think it should be happening. So these are very important discussions. But let's get to the music as well. Net ihr Nam. Mm. Uh, there's only one name. Only mm. one name. Now this just, I mean, just the statement, this whole Acts 4 thing, that there is no other mm. name by which you can be saved. In the end times, it's the kind of statement that can get us in trouble. No, absolutely. Um, but I think, therefore, it's it's so important to say there's only one name by which man can be saved, and that's the scripture that I'm referencing in the song as well. Um, I, I do think we live in a society where we've uh, we've conjured up so many counterfeit gods, a.k.a. Um, idols, 
we think can save us. Um, and we've, we've put in our, in our lives, and one of them being moralism, basically, I just need to live a good life, then I can be saved, um, or I need to be involved with this social project or that project, and um, or just the own things, people, uh, money, wealth, um, fame, whatever it might be that we think can save us. There's only one name. It's Jesus, and we need to declare that unapologetically in a time such as this. Um, the truth is the truth, and um, I think the greatest persecution to the church that's coming on very quickly, that's already there, especially now in our country, has to do with, with uh, let's say, truth. Um, what do you really believe, and do you still believe the Bible is the final authority, and what the Bible says is the truth? What is your biblical view, worldview, or what is your worldview? Is it biblical, or is it secular? Um, so I think it's a time of refining coming to the church, and this is a, just... A added declaration, there is only one name. It's the name of Jesus. It's like God is taking us through phases because, I mean, the whole um, the, the, the pandemic that already shook the church, that at the end of the day, lots of people left because they were just, it, it got too comfortable to stay at home. Mm. And, and uh, those were out and we got a new batch of people who came in who now, realize that that they need the lord but then this shaking isn't it's like a next level because it's going to cost you just like it is right now in so many of the other countries where if you whisper the name of jesus or if anyone knows that you follow jesus it will cost you at the very least income or a job or your family but at the worst it can and will cost you your life and those people it challenges me to look at their lives and to realize this fact that we're saying, yeah, only one name. They're willing to pay that price and to ask myself, am yeah. I as well? No, definitely. And I think we just need to, to read the New Testament. That was a pattern in the New Testament. <laughs> there was constant persecution. All of the 12 apostles, uh, bar John, was, um, was martyred for their faith. So we live in a very comfortable westernized world, but when people just blinked and opened up their eyes, suddenly it changed, especially if you're looking in America. If you are currently there a believer, um, you are in the minority group. Um, And I'm just saying it's coming on very fast. It's not a comfortable cultural thing to do anymore. You really need to know, do you believe this? And I was challenged to the core this year, um, I, I went through a very difficult time in January where I had to do some deep introspection. Do I really believe this? Do I just preach it, sing about this? Um, long story short, I was um, diagnosed with a tumor on my pituitary gland. That's actually a brain tumor. They had to remove it within two weeks. Um, it was as big as a golf ball almost. Um, and praise the Lord, it was non-malignant, and the operation um, was a success. But it could have gone either way. And I remember being pushed into the theater. Um, my wife is not there. My friends are not there. My family's not there. It's just me and Jesus. And the comfort of knowing that I do have a relationship with him that is real to me, man, that makes it so firsthand. Um, and 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 I think this is also where the song starts with the words and the donker and the dale in in the valleys and the darkness, um, in in the in the doubting, um, I know who my hope and my anchor is. There is just one name, 
Um, so I, I think it's a good purifying. It's what we all need. That's what I definitely need because uh, we can be so comfort driven in this world that is coming and going. But there is only one name and it's the name for eternity. It's the name of Jesus.